Hey, I'm Fred. And I'm Ed. And this is Create a Generation. Create a Generation of Hype. All right, Frederico, what is happening this week? This week we are chatting with Aaron Gox, or Goxy. Goxy! People wonder with what I do is how much is put on. And it sounds silly, but I don't even know what to say to them because I'm not sure myself. (laughs) Goxy is a stand-up comedian who used social video like YouTube to get recognised by brands such as Vice and Comedy Central. And he's here to tell us his story. Remember, we also have Change a College, which is going to help you become an even better YouTube creator. And you can find it at changeacollege.com. That's C-H-A-N-G-E-R, college.com. Awesome. Let's get into it. Aaron Gox, welcome to Creator Generation. Thanks for having me. Mate, it's awesome to have you here. Um, can we call you Goxie? Is that easier? Sure. <laughs> no. I, I, I get that more than any other name I receive. <laughs> <laughs> don't get Aaron anymore. You don't respond. No. Well, can you kick us off by just... Introduce yourself. Who are you? What do you do? Okay, uh, Aaron Gox, comedian. I'm 34 years old. Um, <laughs> feels like a dating app or something. Uh, no, yeah. Uh, so started in stand-up comedy, and last few years uh, branched out into sort of acting as well, which is fun. And yeah, yeah, com- well, just com- yeah. comedian in general, really. Yeah, brilliant. But like, why com- Like, where did you start with comedy? How did that? St- uh, let's go back. Um, I guess this is probably the cliche answer, but I always just thought I'm a funny guy <laughs> throughout most of my life. But uh, the early part of my life, obviously, it was not harnessed very well. It was just people saying, or, you know, like mates saying, stop saying the same old jokes. And <laughs> also, and families and teachers and things not getting it or not appreciating it, I guess. And, that was partly doing it at the wrong times and that. But yeah, it was, the, so the first part of my life, it was like, uh, I'm a, I think I'm a funny dude, but I'm more of like not using that in a way, which is, that's why it's been good the last few years to be able to use that in a good way. What do you mean? Like, so were you like the class clown? Is that what you yeah, mean? yeah. Well, basically I was just trying to not to say that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but, Sorry. No, I didn't mean it in a bad way, but I was just trying not to be cliche. But yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And and I struggled at school. I wasn't I wasn't good at school, and the trying to be class clown got in the way of that. Yeah. <laughs> so when you say like you sort of channel, like what does that like what does that mean? Like how did you do that? Like there's plenty of funny people out there, and people who think maybe they're funny, but like what was there a switch that flipped? Was there an experience that happened where you were like, oh, hang on, I can. Yeah, I guess just for so long I was just trying to use the pieces that are already in place like going to local comedy gigs and and using that and then when it was like oh if i start to put some things online and that got it out to a a further audience yeah so what 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 came first the putting the stuff out online or or putting yourself out there into a live audience oh definitely live i was at it for a long time um it was probably i don't know exactly Yep. Dates and things. They're, these are all just guesses, but I think it was like six or seven years I'd been doing like live stand up. <laughs> yeah, and right. then before that, the class clown, <laughs> family clown stuff. Yeah. We're going to talk a bit more about like how you transition from stand up to, um, you know, other things and grew from there. But um, I was just having a chat with Aaron before. So back in the day, uh, Changer, um, we used to run comedy rooms for emerging talent, um, you know, to get them on stage and and show off great new comedy talent. I remember you were in our very first show. We did six shows in the end over like, about three years, but you were the very first show. Um, 
and I remember when you came on stage, I was up, up in the booth and you come on stage and you're wearing a taxi uniform. <laughs> and I think the whole audience wasn't sure if that was actually coming out of your shift or that was just part of the act. And it was like something they were talking about it after everyone was laughing. And it was, it was really part of it. was a really great part of the whole thing. Yeah. Well, I actually was uh, on a shift. I, oh. <laughs> I was just on a break and I was a night shift driver. But um, it's funny you say that because there is people wonder with what I do is how much is put on and yeah and I it sounds silly but I don't even know what to say to them because I'm not sure myself <laughs> <laughs> like I like to give people a look into my life my actual life but there is some exaggeration obviously because <laughs> real lives are boring <laughs> but that's part of what I try and do too is is um the monotony of suburban life and stuff yeah so it's like it's all my influences were like that like you know at the castle and i love that sort of look at suburban life even the simpsons was kind of like that more american way yeah yeah well, maybe yeah maybe like for people who don't know who you are like maybe you can explain your comedy a bit more like you started there but like what's going on yeah totally i don't, I don't expect people to, i know i'm i'm kind of niche i'm stuck between weird and niche and quite a few people know who i am but um yeah it's it's been described as dry, very dry. Um, just, yeah, I, t I talk about my own life experiences. I've, I've done a lot of sort of blue-collar work, so I talk about that, working in warehouses, taxi driver, like you said, um, playing footy and stuff, sports and suburban life, just like fast food and that sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's it's you can tell I don't deal with the big – I'm not political or anything. <laughs> yeah, and then you say, like, you, you know, people ask you how much is a persona, how much – if it's you and you don't even know the, the yeah. word lines. Like, but Goxie is like your character, your persona in a way, right? And Aaron is, you said, oh, like, is there, do you have a distinction like that in, in your own mind? or? or? Um, well, yeah, if, if people find me in my, find me in my private life, I'm, I'm pretty bland and boring, but <laughs> I, I play it up a little bit. But yeah, yeah there is quite a lot of overlap. It, it started as um, a, bit, a bit of a character and then, and, I, and I've, just eventually just like lived it <laughs> so like, i mean part of that question is would you have the epic mullet if at like anyway or is it part of the character or yes you know what it release that well that's another thing where it, it started as just a bit of a silly character and then i've kind of just had to what i'm worried what it'd be like if i cut it off <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like, no, don't go. <laughs> like people are only into me for my hair or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but it, it, it it's funny. It's like um, you do you think about it. You like to think that it's a joke. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's it started as just a joke, and then yeah, it's kind of morphed into where it's me. <laughs> so, yeah, it's super interesting that you know, and and like you know, we talk about on the show and with um, a lot of talent, whether they're working online or not, that you know, like that authenticity of of and it is so important to success and it's like you know you're yeah well you're, there is a lot of talk even with different genres of entertainment and even with music where it's like all right you started out of this angry punk band like and now you're successful you're still going to be angry that's and it's like i'm sure people struggle with that like i'm not like this character i began with but i've got to keep it going and <laughs> But that's where, yeah, the the lines are quite blurred for me. But um, I don't feel like it's a it's a huge character that I switch on and off. That's mm. probably my best answer. <laughs> no, that's a great answer. 
So, I mean, you went from, so you did comedy, f- um, stand-up for a while. You said like six, seven years. Um, yeah, yeah. And that obviously, you you know, you gained a name for yourself from that. Um, what was that transition like between that and the next step? I remember the, 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 the first I heard of you transitioning was when I watched your corn video. That was the guy eating corn with corn curls. <laughs> Listening to corn, corn roast, yeah, corn, yeah. Uh, corn roast. Sorry, it's corn roast. Yeah, <laughs> that's all right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, it was it was a, it was a very funny period of my life because it was kind of like it's. I've heard this term used before, where they're like overnight success that's taken yeah. years. What do they call that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like I've been at it for ages, and now quite a lot more people know me or, or what I look like. Not so much the name, because even those first few, it was more like a meme where it was. Mm shared around but wasn't attributed like which is fine i'm like people like what i'm what i'm doing that means there's an interest in that humor and i just believed in it i was like if i keep at it i'll get that recognition yeah was that your first was that the video that sort of sparked more things to happen what was the first one that really created yeah i think so but like i said it wasn't being attributed to me so it was it was doing well but no one was kind of oh that's that's not coxie i didn't say yeah that that was i was just getting like i was seeing there was like Articles and posts coming up saying, like, "Is this guy cooked?" and like, "What's going <laughs> yeah. on?" And but, what, what, you know what memes you know, are like. No one you you share the thing, but you don't in, you're not interested in the person. You just explain this. So basically, it's just a vi- it's not a very long video, right? And it's just basically you sitting in front of your laptop screen, I guess, yeah. and you're listening to the band Corn. You're eating corn, and you have cornrows, and that's just it. There's nothing else in the video. See a lot of that stuff. <laughs> Can't, like like I said, I started with stand up because I had I I had funny funny ideas like that, but yeah. I didn't. I was so bad with the organisation. Like I didn't have anyone to work with. I was bad with tech, so the the low low fineness of it was yeah. more out of necessity. We, I didn't know, but then I think people enjoyed that charm because like, yeah. I was so bad at like. <laughs> You could see me like switching off. I didn't even know how to edit that bit out. Like, <laughs> my hand reaches over, and I felt bad. I'm like, "This is so bad." But I think people like. I don't like to try and guess what yeah. people like, but the charm. You know, the charmingness yeah. of yeah, this yeah. is so bad because you had everyone doing those very polished. Like there was some people with great editing, you know, and you know that type of video always comes up where it's it's got says what the plot is. It's like man does something prank to girlfriend or. Yeah. <laughs> And that's what the title was, was a playoff of that. Like, yeah, it was, and it was great. Like, some people just loved it. I mean, so I think it's about a half million views now. Well, <laughs> I think that was more like my yeah, cheekiness yeah. to call it guy is probably, I can't blame myself for not, I have to blame myself for not getting that recognition because I didn't attach myself to it. But, yeah. yeah, but anyway, but, um, so that a lot of that was, um, yeah, I had the ideas, but I just didn't know how to present it or put it out there and, and that's why for so many years, like that, that structure of, of go to a local gig, do do a spot. Like, I don't know if you know much about the local circle, but you, you get about five minutes at a local pub and there's a few people there. Some, some want it. There's a few people that don't want the gig. <laughs> they just chuck a mic in the corner while people are having dinner and that. And it's quite a brutal circuit. So it, it was very difficult. Like I said, six or seven years and, and wondering like, where is this going? And, um, but just, yeah, it was the only thing I've ever felt com- comfortable doing is, is kind of being a funny guy. <laughs> and, and an idea like guy eating corn with cornrows, listening to corn, that's probably not going to fly at the local stand up gig either. Right. So yeah, that's right. You, it, is, 
you had those ideas and then is that when you went, all right, let's put make a video and see what, what happens? Yeah, well, because it's funny because I was a, like a lot of people that get into something, you start off as a fan of that thing and I was a big comedy fan and I did like a lot of stand-up, but I wasn't a massive, massive stand-up fan. I, I was more, grew up with your sort of comedy movies and, and TV and watching like Jim Carrey, Full Frontal, That's that's that was really big for me. I didn't hate stand up. I just wasn't a massive fan. So I did stand up just because, like I said, it's easier to think of jokes, do that. You know, it's cheap. You can control it. But I did have these ideas of, of being a silly guy, funny guy. So yeah, it was um, just, and that's where the internet allows that for you to just put it out there. And it was, a, it was, a, like I said, I wasn't good with tech, but for a long time I was, I put it off. And that, like, that was just that was my parents' the webcam on their computer, mm. and I was that bad. I was like, I don't know how to run a webcam. <laughs> but then I made the effort. I'm like, all right, you know, there's a, as they say, like, put up or shut up, that sort of thing. Like, yeah. stop whinging because I was like, oh, I'm not going anywhere. This is tough. These gigs aren't. And I'm like, all right, I got to make the effort. And I, and then when I bothered to look into, it, it was easy. You know, mm. switch on a webcam and well, easy, not easy to make it look good, but. Because, like I said, I, I didn't know how to edit or anything. But, yeah, I just put it and then uploaded it. And the power of the internet started <laughs> yeah. getting shared around. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's interesting because so many people try and put so much effort into, like, oh, we're going to make the production value really high. And, they, you know, so many creators have said the, the highest production uh, yeah. value videos tend to go nowhere. But it's the ones where they just, uh, and, they're just purely doing yeah. something interesting. That's, that's and in some ways, I think, not, I wouldn't say I feel bad. I don't yeah. feel bad for them, but I'm like, yes, they they've learned the stuff and all that, and and I acknowledge that. But also, I've felt my whole life that I'm a, a funny guy, so that's why I thought, yeah, I deserve this, even yeah. though I've <laughs> skipped that bit of knowing how to produce. And, but yeah, like like I said, all my heroes in the '90s, like they they were able to act and that, and they didn't have to run the camera. So it just it goes in cycles. Yeah. All right. And so what happened next? So you said you weren't getting recognition as, you know, Aaron Cox from those videos. Like, how did you go from there to the, to the next step? Yeah, so then I just, I thought, realised, like, this is getting a bit of attention, so there's something in it. So I just kept at it and putting a few more videos up. And then um, one did very well called Classic Stitch Up. And that was, again, it was just like switch on the webcam. Well, it wasn't the same as the, the, the Quorum one because... That was just being silly, but this one was retelling a, a story that happened at work, and it was an actual job I had, and and, and I retold it. But I I did think about how I was going to. Can you can you tell it now quickly, or is it, <laughs> is it too hard? <laughs> well, it was just, it was like just like guys mucking around at work, you know, and they, they sent this guy to like, oh, you got to go see the boss, and then he got there, and then the boss is like, no, nah, I, I didn't send you here, <laughs> and it, it was like it was a simple silly thing, but I. Th- I, I wrote it up quickly, a, a quick script how I wanted it, but I didn't. I, I didn't want to say it word for word, so I just I wrote the script of, of the basic vibe that I wanted to talk about, and then I posted it. And yeah, like I said, the internet's very powerful because by the end of the day, it was everywhere. Even I actually posted in the morning, went to that job that I was working at in Brisbane, and by the end of the day. People were showing me on their phone going, is this you? <laughs> and they're not even, they weren't from comedy. Like, they weren't in the comedy bubble. They didn't know me. Like, I was just a labourer working at this place. And that's how powerful it was. 
in, in a space of whatever the shift was, seven or eight hours, these people had, it had gotten to them. Also. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And then what happened after that? That was when it was like, all right, people are starting to know who I am now, appreciate it. So I've got to kind of, it's not a nice word, but it's, it's reality. Monetize it. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's not a nice word, but it's reality, yeah. isn't it? So I was like, I'll try and do some live shows because I've been performing for seven years or whatever now, but now I can like ticket them, you know, whereas I've just been doing five minute spots. Mm. But that's where I believe it was in hindsight, it was almost like an apprenticeship, like doing my time. Cause then I had a good enough show whereas some of these other guys, I don't, you know, yeah. do, do the other way around where they do well online and they're like, all right, I got to, Make a show. <laughs> so, did you you use the that or, like did that audience, not those the viewer numbers on the videos help you get the paid gigs or yeah definitely or get well, the attention of of um, venues that are going to pay you? Like, how did that? Well, I actually out? put on my own shows. Like, I, I contacted a venue and say, "Can I do this show?" And I, I ticketed it and, and sold tickets and awesome. yeah, and it's still the most numbers of it like <laughs> I've ever gotten. That's great. And so, like, they were they were your true fans, right? Like they're like they're. <laughs> Well, at first it was a little bit of like, say the line, you know, <laughs> it was like people <laughs> wanting you to just do, but over time, like people have stuck with me and appreciate the person that I, the act that I am, you know. Did you feel like you knew that path? Like when you went, oh, I've got to monetize this. Was it just like up in like just light bulb moment? This is what I'll do. Or was it kind of like, no, it was what do I do next. Yeah, it was, it was a quite a strange period because yeah i was like what do I, what does it mean you know is it because you know it's easy to just people go oh yeah funny clip like this will i was like will they come to my show so it was it was an experiment i wasn't expecting i didn't know how many would come but yeah i was, I was getting good numbers i was like tour it around a bit it get sort of 80 to 100 people in some cities which is pretty great you know yeah yeah it's awesome yeah, and um, like obviously you're still doing stand up. Yeah. yeah, and it's big. It's still a big part. It's still one of your favorite things. Yeah, I enjoy it. Um, it's it's great because get that immediate reaction. You know, you hear yeah. the laughter. Hopefully, <laughs> sometimes it's a bit quiet, but no, most <laughs> most audiences are great, and I love that feeling. And there's nothing else. It sounds cheesy, but this is honest truth. Is I've never felt anything like that in my life, and like. I love sports. I, I played a lot of sport. I love them. And you'd win games. It's like, yeah, this is pretty good. But that feeling like I wrote this, I thought of it, I presented it, and I'm hearing the laughter. That's a great feeling, yeah. And, okay, so you went from um, those videos and, and the stitch-ups and then what came next in terms of, like, the, the video journey? Um, well, then um, not long after that, I moved down from Melbourne because to Melbourne, like I said, I, I wanted to work with people and... I felt there's less options in Brisbane, so I got down here and I and I started working with some people to to write to perform in more kind of produce sort of skits and sketches and and that went really well and yeah so the last few years has has been a mixture of, of stand up and acting which I've, I've loved like I said I I do like stand up a lot but my main first love was was just comedy in general funny. And I love doing skits and sketches and stuff, yes. And that'll out. It's really fun because you dress up. and <laughs> But there's also a lot of pressure too. Because like, like live, it's like it happens and it goes. Whereas recording is like this is trapped on film. Like whatever you do <laughs> in that moment, yeah. people are going to watch. And, the, and 
with those early videos that I did at my parents' house and that, the very lo-fi, I didn't expect anyone to see them. So it was just like, well, or not large number. I was hoping for a few, of course, but very niche audience, you know. And um, But then when I started doing the skits, I, I imagined more people seeing it, so it's a lot more pressure. How did, how did that, like, so you moved to Melbourne, like, in, to work with more people and, and collaborate on, on skits and other, like, was that comedy connections or, like, what sort of people are you yeah, working so with there? at first it was, because I'd, I'd started, um, so about five or six years in, I'd started touring interstate. My first five years, I, I, I just did gigs in Queensland. But then about five or six years in, I started touring interstate and it was people I'd met, other like comedians and things that I gigged with in Melbourne. That um, a few of them had started branching off into doing skits and sketches. So yeah, I worked with them, and it went really well, you know. And, and it was great to be able to show people there's another side, you know. He's not just the lo-fi guy who does some stand-up. He can do the produced stuff as well. Because you you know, there's always that worry of like, am I a one trick pony sort of thing. Mm. And with with the growth of sort of your personal brand, Aaron Cox brand, you obviously got more opportunities came to you. Um, before we talk about some of the bigger stuff, like you said you did some organized sketches. Is that where Ocean Girl came from? Yeah, that was the first one when I arrived in Melbourne that I did, yeah, and that <laughs> went really well. And that was that natural growth of like, like I said, from the corn one to the next one that, that showed... I can actually be um, recognised for this, yeah. and that was the next one where it's like, oh, the, it was actually it was it was a couple of months after I moved, and, and at first it was quite hard when I moved down. It was like you expect things to kind of take off, and, and it didn't. But then that was like, yeah, this is this is worth it. You know, that was a really mm. good moment. So tell, tell us, tell people about Ocean Girl. Like, what's the premise of that? that? Um, <laughs> it's basically me, but in a Girls swimsuit pretending to be because there's a lot of this stuff's like I said grew up in the nineties so there's like kind of um, the nostalgia thing and getting to do because that was kind of like a big thing in the nineties for kids yeah 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 apparently there was a few of them I I don't know too much about I wasn't a huge watcher of it but that was that was script was written for me so which I enjoy that I enjoy both I like making my own things but I also like when people like. Here, I've written a character for you. Because <laughs> that's good. It gets you to do stuff that you wouldn't think of doing yourself. Because I never would have thought, oh, I'm going to wear a swimsuit. <laughs> it was actually quite a funny story of um, purchasing that. I had to take my daughter along into Target, <laughs> pretending it was for her. I'm like, oh, you know, and, and luckily she's quite big, you know. <laughs> I, I, I think anyone listening and not watching on YouTube should probably, if you don't know... Aaron, you should Google this, like yeah, Aaron, Aaron Gox, Gox Ocean Girl, because yeah. there's this like great picture of imagery in my head of you in a in a swimsuit, I think lying in bed um, as Ocean Girl, and it's just. I was great. actually absolutely freezing. I was in the middle of winter at a beach near St Kilda, and it was like, God, this better be worth it. And it, <laughs> that's why I believe in what's the saying about like struggling for your art or no yeah. pain, no gain sort of thing. Cause it was the coldest I've felt in my life. <laughs> if you, if you know what it's like July or I don't know, can't remember the exact date, but you know, middle of winter, yeah. that's brutal. The air in Melbourne is cold enough without going into the water. Yeah. 
Anyway. Fred, let's take a quick break here and just give ourselves a big plug. We are super excited by this new initiative. We have created the Changer Creator College. The Creator College, quite simply, is a place where you can get a whole bunch of online courses, including our brand new Accelerate course for YouTube, designed to help emerging and new creators become even better on the world's biggest video platform. The reason we think it's pretty good is that it's not just our opinions, but the opinions of a bunch of really great creators and experts coming together to give you a very logical, structured course. Damn right. It is the college just for creators. So check it out at changercollege.com. That's C-H-A-N-G-E-R college.com. So after doing that Ocean Girl sketch, um, what kind of reaction did that get? Yeah, that did really well. Um, again, like I said, with the, the Stitcher one, it was, it was very exciting to see that the power to put something out and, and within the space of a few hours, just massive response and people enjoying it. And um, like I said, when I was asked to do it, it was it was exciting, but I didn't, I never would have thought of doing that. And then I, I there was a bit of doubt, like, oh, what, what will people think? But I think people like that shock of like, here's this kind of chubby guy in a, in a female swimsuit. So there was a bit of that shock reaction, you know, and, but, um, yeah, and people enjoyed it, which was great. And, and for me, it was like after that initial first couple of months of, of being quite tough living in Melbourne, I was like, oh, this is all worth it. This is awesome, you know. Mm. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of emotions. <laughs> and were you working with, a like, a bigger crew or, like, because you didn't write that, is that what you said? And yeah, well, that was that group. Um, so there were a few comedians I'd met on previous travels. And, and yeah, and it, was, it was exciting because I'd never worked – anything like that where they had camera sound a full like a group of pe- people working together to film you know and, and scripts written and yeah it was like this is it was exciting it was like like brisbane isn't tiny but it's it's small compared to melbourne it's like this this is why i moved you know it's like it, imagine what it would feel like in america if you moved to la or whatever, you know you're like yeah. move to the big smoke to have a crack and it's like this this is this is why you know it's like all right, people like my stuff on my parents' crappy webcam. Let's see if they like, if I do legit stuff. And, and like I said, it was that f- kind of doing on the other end of what I grew up watching to be able to make comedy like y- your heroes that you watch growing up. It was exciting, yeah. That's awesome. And then what came, I mean, what was the, what came after Ocean Girl? Um, so after that did well, there was some offers come in for some people to, to work with, um, which was great. And then, like I said, it was a great feeling, but it was also opened up new feelings of, of like, pressure. Like, now, all right, this is what I'm doing. Like, awesome. But there's a lot of pressure, like, when that camera switches on, I've, I've got to get it right, you know. And um, there's going to be more people watching now and, and basically doing this professionally, which is awesome, but... Um, yeah, it was great. But like, it was it was hard work as well. Like, I'm not I'm not trying to say it's like it's not like there's people out there doing real work. Like, I've done it for years, labouring and stuff. I'm not trying to say it's like that. It's it's different. It's just there was, yeah, there was long days and and it was more mental, mentally tough. You know, it's like the pressure of got to make something good now. Yeah. And is that where the Comedy Central opportunity came from? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, Comedy Central were the first, uh, the Australian branch, Comedy Central Australia, um, uh, requested 
us to do some um, do a series for them. It was the same group I did the um, Ocean Girl with, yeah. Right. And how did that go? Like that was not what it was like working with a bigger network. Yeah, it was like I said, it was great. It was it was opened up new new challenges and pressure and but doing stuff I'd never done before and having like scripts specifically written for me and it was exciting, you know, and doing stuff was like a series got my name on it, which is awesome, you know. <laughs> yeah, it was great. And that was for one more series of Ocean Girl. Um, I did a series called Goxie's Classics, which was um, parodies of like nineties kids Aussie kids shows pretty loosely. Right. There was I think there was one that wasn't Aussie and one wasn't a kids show. I should just say nineties nineties <laughs> TV shows. <laughs> but yeah, it was like so it was like um Round the Twist, Blue Healers, um and there was another Ocean Girl one, yeah. So there was five of them and, and that was exciting and we did some with the same group I did some few skits for a show on um, Foxtel, um, the comedy channel is called The Slot, yep. and it was mm. all people who had done things online come together to do skits. So that was exciting as well, and yeah, just trying to keep busy. All it, it was, it was great time because it was like, yeah, this is what I wanted, and I'm doing it now. And not many people get to do that. Were you, were you doing stand up at the same time? But still, yeah. Um, so I was still doing. Um, live shows and touring around and just trying to juggle it all. And it was a very hectic period of my life because <laughs> I'd moved down here with my daughters as a single dad. So I had my two daughters here trying to juggle, looking after them, and then some acting stuff and some live stuff. So, yeah, there's it was a, it was a bit of a blur that for a year or two. It's pretty intense. My life. And, um, well, like, did that also then from, from there go into other network stuff? Did you start working with other big groups? Yeah, well, like I said, so there was Comedy Central, Foxtel, uh, did a few things with Vice. Um, yeah, so pretty exciting. And, and and there's a few things that popped up along the way as well, a few ads. And, and what was the Vice work? Uh, that was a series uh, where I visited factories, um, three different factories actually. And like I said, I, I do a lot of humour based around like Fast food, junk food, and stuff. So it was um, snake lolly snakes was the first one. Um, Alan's lollies up. Uh, it's just outside of Melbourne in um, country town. Second one was chicken salt, which was over in Adelaide. And Do people in the US know what chicken salt is. I think. I think, <laughs> I think they think. I've heard chicken salt so. quickly. You're I've the, heard you're the expert on that. So. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard it's Australian only. Apparently, which oh, is really? crazy. Another thing to be proud about. <laughs> oh, if you haven't had it, it's it's, it's it, ridiculously good. Is there chicken? In chicken salt. <laughs> apparently, it's vegan. So. <laughs> oh, oh, really? Yeah. It's it's um. So for people listening, it's basically salt that has a sl- chicken flavor to it. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And, yeah. Well, and I don't even know. Chicken. Yeah, yeah. Very yeah. loosely. Yeah. <laughs> But it's one of those things that, like, when you get chips from the fish and chip shop and they're like, do you want salt? And they offer you, like, normal salt or chicken salt. And a lot of people's eyes light up, chicken salt, please. You know? oh. But, yeah, I, I love that sort of stuff, just, like, silly little suburban things. that. But, like, I, I find humour in it because it's it's just little things that we... And what were you doing in the factories? you just, like, taking a tour and... Yeah, to, just tour around, chatting with workers and... Um, the the original idea was like I said like like 
like I, I do a lot of like humans, like suburban sort of thing. So it was like, let's get to know, shine a light on unsung heroes. It's loosely, again, quite loosely. You know, it's it's a bit of a um, tongue in cheek. A lot of the humor was like comparing them to like, you know, like hero, you know, firefighters or emergency workers or whatever. But it's like, no, these are the guys making our our snacks that we love and, and no one thinks about, you know, shine a light on that. And so there's a bit of a parody of like um, an intense journal journalist, you know, that's like, let's, let's uncover this. Cause the third video in that series was, was Maxi Bon, which is a ice cream sandwich, an ice cream sandwich, but not yeah. like your average ice cream sandwich. Um, and the guys at Vice told us that you were like, um, you're a mega uh, Maxi Bond fan. Can you just sort already? of already? Well, I was. So, I, I can't have him anymore because I had like eight that day. Uh, so, <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, there goes the story. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm curious to like like that fit and how that because like how that came about or your because you're you know naturally talking about authenticity and connection both to brands and and your content. Like you were until you had to eat or decided to eat a gazillion of them. <laughs> Like, well, that right into it. The funny thing with that stuff is that there's, there is. I never realized there's these kind of like intense following online. I don't know if you've ever seen there's like groups and stuff. There's this group on Facebook like guys and their ice creams or something like that. And they're so, but they're so into it. They're like, and you can actually, I, I reckon they're a bit too much in it because you can like say the wrong thing and, and they were like, he ate the wrong side first. I saw comments. I didn't. That's the thing. You got to watch what you do and say, and it's the strangest thing. It's a, it's a very niche but big audience, you know. But you're a, you're a member of that already, were you? Or? Yeah, well, like I was just like, because you, you know you can like lurk in groups and just watch and stuff, and but it, it got too intense because like p- some people start getting really aggressive and stuff. Wow, which yeah. way should you eat a maxi bond? <laughs> According to the for the me Facebook group, just oh. I can't even remember actually because I, I don't care about that stuff. But I, I think you got to have the biscuit first. Or They'll probably get angry at me. Uh, I yeah, probably yeah. got it wrong. Sorry. <clears throat> well, in this, right, this factory just makes maxi bonds. No, it it's um they've got a lot of different products. Yeah. But I was just after um, the maxi bond. <laughs> yeah, well, I just looked around at them because they had a new flavor coming out. So that's uh, yeah, it's right. a, it's kind of um. Sneaky sponsored content. <laughs> and what was it like work? I mean, the Vice production would have been a lot bigger with you know producers and stuff involved. What was it like working with a really organized crew? Yeah, well, um, that was actually so the same group that I made the other things with, um, Comedy Central and Foxtel. They like wrote the scripts for me and, and right. directed, and so um, there was just added on was like we used Vice's equipment and producers and stuff. So it was a it was a co co production, yeah. But I was comfortable because it was the people I usually work with. But it was exciting to work with these well known brands and channels and stuff. It's like that's what I said. Like it's it's crazy because like Comedy Central, like this is this, the, like it's the Australian branch, but still like you know like South Park and all these. One of my favorite comedians, like his the CD I had of his live album that was on Comedy Central, and it's crazy and and like. Yeah, Foxtel and, Vo- and Vice is a massive channel, so it was exciting, you know. And um, that would have been, obviously, I mean, did you start to get used to the fact of working with, like, bigger productions and a lot of, like, it's not not easier but more organised? Um, yeah, definitely, where it's like, all right, this now they've got, like, dates, 
you know, when you're working independently, it's very loose. It's like I'll put it out when I, when I want to. When when you're working with these bigger people, they're like they they have exact dates and like deadlines and things. You know, like what you can and can't say. And it wasn't too strict, but it's still very different to working independently. Yeah. Okay, so that that was going obviously well. And what happens? What happens next? Do you, do you want to keep doing that, or do you want to go back to stand up, or what's what's happening? Well, um, I just, you know, like I obviously I want to keep busy, but also I want to do make sure I'm happy with what I put out, that I'm doing good stuff that I that I'd like, and that, and um, um, yeah, but like a lot of the stuff was requested. It's people wanting me to do it, so. Yeah, you just got to wait for the next offer and, and sometimes there, there's quiet periods. Like mm. at the moment it's a bit quiet, but you just got to hope there's something around the corner. And and But like I said, if I'm I'm trying to make stuff that I, I think is good and, 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 you know, like there's I, I, a niche following, but I'm, I'm pretty happy there's like people are into it, yeah. Um, I was looking at some of the um, different videos you did and looking at the comments, I guess, and what your fan base, um, like and the people who like, I mean, they really love you and your, your style of comedy um, and they're defensive of you and almost like protective of you. <laughs> they do, it, you do things, right? Yeah, well, it, it's great, but it, it's like, like, that's why I don't worry too much about like numbers as such, but I realise the reality is that you need numbers of like, you've got to have people who are interested. Mm. You can't, but yeah, the people are really um, passionate, and and I and I'm appreciative of that. And like, like I've I've been selling merch the last couple of years, which blows my mind. But the, I remember, I still remember like the feeling of like selling a shirt with my name because like I I love music and stuff, and I've always worn band shirts. But I was that's more normal. That's like normal, you know. Band does well; they'll put some shirts out. But there's not many comedians that that do merch and. I remember that feeling of like to sell a shirt and it's like, wow, like that's awesome. Someone's wearing a shirt, but then it becomes a norm. <laughs> like you can't just, you know what it's like when you first have a great feeling and it's hard to replicate. Mm. And now it's just like, come on, someone buy something, <laughs> but it is still a great feeling. But yeah. And, I, and I've even like branched out into different merch too. done like stickers and just really stubby coolers. And it's crazy, you know, and every time I, bring it out i'm like i'm a bit worried i'm like oh maybe no one will want this but yeah it's it's pretty good reception if if a, a lot of comedians aren't really doing merch where'd you get that sort of inspiration and direction um, from like, yeah i guess um i guess it was that whole thing like i said of, of monetizing is like it's like tickets is great is a great way but you it's hard because you got to like keep returning to towns and cities and which I don't mind the work ethic element of it, but you also want to have a bit of a buzz build up. Well, you can't just return to a city if you've just been there because they'll be like, oh, you were just here, you know? And the same thing is, is um, like for me, like following bands and stuff where they did it and it was that thing of like, all right, not a lot of commands do it, but why? kind of like, why not, you know? Band, music, comedy, kind of, they're different in some ways, similar, you know, it's all entertainment. Yeah. But, um... There wasn't an expectation people would buy it, but um, yeah, <laughs> I, I love that people do it. <laughs> awesome. Um, speaking of fans and like and like, how much community, like online community engagement, do you sort of do? Like, how much do you sort of get amongst um, that side of things? 
Well, I when I started, I I was huge. I'd like look at comments and, but I found I was my emotions were going too up like a roller coaster. I was, I'd get too down about negative stuff and and you know the other way as well is like really you know and it's hard to deal with that because especially and I had to learn not to sort of like respond because I'd sometimes I'd be cheeky back just just naturally I'm just a kind of cheeky person but I'd say something smart like response to someone <laughs> who was a bit negative and how did that go well like some and then some people loved it they're like oh you know and then they tag a man go oh look at this epic burn or whatever <laughs> people but I, I didn't even want that I wasn't like trying to get infamy from that I was just naturally cheeky but then I realized that like also that sometimes they want to rise out of you too and, and that'll keep more people doing it and and now I, I I try really hard not not to, and sometimes I don't even look because I'm I'm a bit worried about negativity. But I just realised like, because it when I would say smart out comment, I wasn't trying to like be rude or I'd just be like someone say something negative, and, and because the videos were free, I just go I'd be smart out comment. I'd say, oh, send me a message and I'll give you a refund because <laughs> I've heard that before where people say you're complaining about a free video, you know and You've probably seen over the years what I'm talking about, those type of comments. Yeah. You know, the classic one is um, because, you know, they're pretty quick. They're like two or three minutes. People are like, well, there's two minutes of my life I won't be getting back. And like, so I'm, I'm not saying I've thought of this myself. I, I, I stole it from somewhere. But I, I saw someone comment saying, like, that's not how time works. You, know, <laughs> you don't get two minutes back. But it's just that, it's that classic thing of like, Negative people speak loudly to mm. try and because it's like I know what I do is a bit odd and weird, so I don't expect everyone to get it or enjoy it, and, and that's fine. Like, not everything is made for everyone. You look at like pop stars and that, how much grief they get, and yeah, it's um, we had Katie Morton, uh, who's a, uh, a therapist from the US, on, and she works with a lot of creators, and, and she had a really good comment about this because a lot of creators we work with find it really hard to deal with with the negative elements um and some even turn their comments off which is a terrible idea but um you know she was saying like i think like, like every four or five negative comments you need you need sort of every one negative comment you need four or five positive comments to even that out in your mind yeah like that's it, it's a it's a really hard thing to deal with because we do we, we sort of fixate on the negativity yeah you know? yeah actually it's it's funny you say that, that that's what it feels like because you can have in you know what the comment section is like they can be a lot of people going like, "Oh, great, love it, love it," and then the negative does stand out, and you remember that, and it's like, "Well, what did you come here to <laughs> hurt my feelings for?" You know, and and it's a weird feeling because it's like, oh. but even, and they say you shouldn't, you shouldn't adjust what you do based mm. on that. But there is, I have to admit, there, I go, I do go to do something and and start thinking, oh, I can't do that because that'll. People whinge about that, and yeah. But one thing I find, yeah, sometimes I try not to just look at comments. Sometimes because even because like, and it's not even just negativity, but it's it's people picking up on stuff that that you don't care about. Because like I'll I'll just chuck on a shirt, but then people obsess. Like they're like, and I, I don't like that. And then because yeah. I got like band shirts and stuff, and then and then people go oh. Do you like their new album? And I'm like, what about the thing I'm talking about? You know, or or the way your hair is. And I don't think about that stuff. You know, but 
But then at the same time, it's like if they want to, that's up to them. Yeah. 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 Now, we work with a, a lot of comedy creators. It's obviously a big area of YouTube. I think it's the third most popular category on, on YouTube. Um, and there are a lot of aspiring comedy creators. And there's some really great people. There's some great talent, great ideas. Um, and, you know, we actually have like comedy boot camps and stuff we do. And we go to Comedy Central to make those things happen. Um, because we want to show the opportunity that exists there. Um, do you feel that like it was a fairly, like you said, there was a grind involved, right? Seven, eight years. Um, and I think a lot of people don't understand that that's what you got to do. And like, especially in these boot camps we do, we'd have to tell them first, like, you know, you have to, often you have to establish that if you want to go from stand up to something bigger. Um, but they don't realize sometimes how much effort that takes to do. Yeah. So, like, what what advice would you give to budding comedians who want to go from, like, the stand-up circuit into where you went? Yeah, well, <laughs> I know it's it's easy to say now because, like, but looking in hindsight, I, I wanted things to move quickly and I was stressed and to the point of I, I'd actually, like, sort of complain and, you know, like, get a bit bitter, like, why aren't things happening for me? And But, but looking back... Um, like I said, like like now, my style is is talking about my life, right? So, but when I started, I was like early twenties, which isn't super young, but I didn't have much going on either. So I kind of needed that life experience to have anything to talk about. And sounds cheesy, but to find my voice, as they say. <laughs> but yeah, like it's it's a little bit like politics, I reckon. Where you know when you see a young politician, and a lot of people are like, oh, he hasn't lived, you know, like straight out of uni. How, how can he tell me how to live or how the world... That's what, like, comedy's a bit like that because you don't want, like, a 20-year-old, like, telling you how the world works and, and they haven't lived. That That's what it feels like. So you need to you need to live a bit. You need to make mistakes, which sounds silly, but it's true because then you work out what you don't want to do. And, and, and yeah, and, and so advice to young people is, I guess, is... Um, just let us old people. <laughs> no, nah, I'm joking. Um, but yeah, that's that's what I realise now. Because like, if someone's young is is coming through, like pushing through quickly, I I won't be bitter now. But I'll just be like, they'll they'll find out that like they'll be happier when they're older and and think, oh, like this is what I want people to see. Not you know, like look back at the younger version of you and think, no, that wasn't very good. You know. I mean, it is about the. I mean, I guess you can also be young and still grind and make work hard to make it happen at a, I guess a younger age. But the the effort has to be there, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I think we were changed Russell Peters after an event, and he killed it. Oh, the gig was amazing, huge packed audience, and like he, you know, we we're saying after like you really understand your audience, and he's like, yeah, you, you do. And I remember him saying previously that um, it had been like he'd spent years and years and years on the stand up circuit, like touring like America and trying to make that work, but. They don't see the effort there to see that result and, you know, pack gigs and, like, everyone's enjoying themselves. But, you know, it's a honing an art. Yeah, right? definitely. Yeah. And also... And a specific style, too. Yeah, exactly. Because, like, when I think of how I started, and it sounds silly, but I'm kind of glad that that didn't get known because it was so, like, bland and that. Mm. But then you'd be known for that. <laughs> and um, I know Louis C.K. has been in a bit of trouble for various reasons. But even ignoring that, his if you look, there's some videos of his very early days and he was quite like plain and, and bland. And, mm -hmm. and I think he just took time. It's like a lot of things you, 
you got to work on it. Mm. Yeah, you mentioned before, like making mistakes and like actually being open to that and sort of willing to that. What, like, when you made those mistakes at the time, were you like, okay, that's all right, or is it now in hindsight you look back and be like, all right, those mistakes actually helped? Yeah. Me. Um. Well, like, like when I started, my style was quite different. It was like, like stand up. It was like wordplay. I didn't didn't have much to talk about. That's what I was saying. It was it was very bland and plain and it took me years to to get to where I, the style that I wanted to do what I do now because it take you want to be you got to like be comfortable in that and cuz like now what I do like I said just kind of like suburban life whatever but the thinking before that was like no one really wants to hear about that but then yeah the, the people confuse confidence in another way, like there's different types of confidence. If that makes sense to you, like, co- like people, th- there's that confidence of like cocky. I'm the best. Not that. What I meant is confidence in in the character. That, mm. the, yeah. So that's why, like, I guess I didn't do those videos until I was like six or seven years into it. Whereas if I would have put out videos earlier, it would have just been that very bland character. Mm. Uh, well, we like to um finish with um top tips like what would you give what advice would you give to aspiring comedians who want to get like you know from the stand-up circuit into maybe video work um i guess don't focus on like worrying about like i've got to be pro now i've got to be getting professional work don't put time frame because i know easy to save now but like i said i was seven years into it before i started getting professional work and there's actually no exact time if it takes you eight years nine years and but you got to want to do it so if you want to do it if you really enjoy being funny then keep at it but if you don't get out of it (laughs) but no yeah um if you think you're funny and you're good keep at it that's probably my main advice and and believe that your your audience will be out there because for me, for a long time, it felt like it wasn't going to happen. Just like I said, I was just doing local gigs in Brisbane to like five, six, whatever people <laughs> having dinner, <laughs> and 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 that can feel depressing. It's like, but yeah, yeah. And I mean, you, that is a, a truly, um, I think, uh, interesting point because so many comedians feel like, is this like, oh, am I playing? You know, I've got like I'm in front of ten people. Mm. Um, and then, I mean, you did that for a while and you just believed in what you were doing in your style and it paid off because there was an audience who, in the biggest scene, who did like your content and, it, you know, you can clearly see that from the numbers you get in those videos. Yeah. Right? yeah. Well, like I said, like for me, like those um, social media platforms were very powerful and helpful and times change and, and we don't know what the future holds, that might go away or but there'll be something you know back in the day mm. it would it was radio or tv or, or community even like community tv like so yeah just find what works for you and and give it a crack i reckon <laughs> that's killer advice yeah awesome aaron gox thank you so much for joining us on creative generation thanks guys love it thanks mate thanks man cheers Gox's story is uh, common with comedians, isn't it? Yeah, not just comedians, but creators of all areas. That's right. If you spend the time getting better at what you do and believe in yourself, you're going to get somewhere. Definitely. Back yourself. See you next week. Bye. Created generation. Look on the mic.